though we're going to talk about prayer here again today and, and actually one more week after this. And as Josh mentioned, we've got this new series coming up I'm super excited for. But we want to take some time today knowing that, that prayer does work. And I want to say next weekend, something we're going to do is you're going to hear some, what well, we use the term in church, testimonies of how prayer has actually worked. But we need your participation with that. And what I'd love for you to do is either right now during the message, if you're here in person on your connection card, write out how God has answered prayer. You could be a couple sentences. You can also email me or email the church this week at northbay at ctk.church. And you could send a paragraph or something to say, this is how God has answered prayer. Prayer does work. And what we want to do is collect those. And next weekend, I want to read some of them. Maybe if I have an opportunity to read all of them and, and say, answering, guys, answer prayer, guys, answer prayer, answer prayer. Because what that does is us in the midst of whatever we're going through, we're going, does, does prayer work? And we could turn that question mark into an explanation mark and say, yes, it works. God answers prayer. And so I encourage you to, to submit that this week, that even today as you're, you're doing that, as you listen to this message. And we want to read that next weekend as we wrap up our prayer work series. But we also just pushing us into the, to the next season they're in together. So prayer works, and, and prayer works individually, and, and so God has answered prayer, but it also works collectively, and that's what we're going to spend some time today talking about. Prayer works best even in community. In fact, they're on, on, on uh, Wednesdays at four o'clock, if you're looking for a prayer group, there's actually a prayer group meets down in the, in the office downstairs, and so if you're looking and say, I want to come and gather with people to pray, prayer opportunities, and we'll talk about this throughout our group life and the, throughout our week where people have dedicated time in their small groups and their Bible studies to spend time in prayer. And, and see, God, God works, works amazing in community. Again, individual faith is great. Just as the people have made commitments to Jesus, it wasn't their grandpa's faith, it wasn't their parents' faith, it's saying, no, I'm making a pledge toward Christ, an individual commitment, but it's in the context of community. Jesus blesses community. In fact, he says, when you gather, two or three are gathered in my name, he says, I love it so much, I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to be in your presence. Jesus made it such a big deal of a prayer, and it comes to unity, that he prayed for us to pray in unity. In John 17, he says this. He says, and this is in the garden just before he's getting arrested. Like, this is the last things he says. And he says this. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also that those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. Jesus is talking about this, this, this unity and oneness is so, so important when it comes to the power of prayer and yawning together. And then he says, here's the outcome. When we come together and we unite together, whether big or small, this is what happens. It says, so the world may believe that you have sent me. That the world may believe that you sent me. So many people outside of the church world right now could care diddly about what we're doing. They care nothing about us gathering in the way we're gathering. They, 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 it's not even relevant to them. They think it's a waste of time probably. They think in fact it could be even harmful because religion has brought oppression to people rather than liberation. And it, you know it's quite the opposite. You know the fact that when you're really coming unified in Christ, what happens? People look 
at the unity that we have and what does he say? The love and unity we have for one another and they kind of go, huh, boy, if those people love each other the way they love each other, I wonder if they would love me. I wonder if that, that's something, I, something that the world cannot give, that we have this opportunity to offer people, that they're compelled by that unity and love to come together. I might not believe what they believe yet, but I'm interested in the love they have for each other, that they would actually love me. And there's where we find the victory. See, I, I want to give you today's core truth is this. There's always a win when we are one. There's always a win when we are one. We talk about wins. We talk about looking ahead and, you know, we're getting close to wrapping up the football season as much as you could love or hate Tom Brady, who retired officially yesterday. I say that. You got to respect him, okay? Seven Super Bowl championships, okay? No, you can't, comp can't compete with that. But you know, as much as, I mean, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, he didn't win those by himself, he couldn't just throw the ball and catch the ball, okay, at the same time. He couldn't just, he had to hand the ball off to the next teams win championships, okay? Superstars put up stats, teams win championships. And, and I tell you, as we're part of Team Jesus, Jesus is the hero, okay? Jesus is the one that gets the credit and everything, but he includes us to be a part of what he's doing. And what he's doing is calling us to oneness that brings the wins we have. And that's why we come together like we do, not only in a large gathering, but in small group gatherings, because in there comes this unity. Now, Josh mentioned, again, we're just starting this series here in a couple weeks. We're going to have a beautiful, exciting, I'm really pumped about this small group season that we're going to have together. We're going through a series called Unstoppable, the church being unstoppable through the book of Acts and through us. And we're going to gather as we do. We're going to have some growth guides. You're going to get your growth guide next week and start reading the book of Acts. And then we're going to gather in groups. And we're inviting you to that. For when we come in unity, there is a win, a collective win that happens. See, at Christ the King, for over now 35 plus years, this is our mission statement. It's, it's adapted, changed a little bit, still has this heart, this, to create authentic Christ-centered communities that love God wholeheartedly. But what else? Check this out. To reach out intentionally so others can experience new life in Jesus and a transforming life of discipleship. All because we believe in this collective unity that comes together. It leads to life transformation. Now, if there was ever a, well, many examples in scripture and the gospels were unity and there was a win. There's one in particular that's one of my favorites. And it's just a colorful moment and it's just a, a cool little moment that happens where a, a collective group of people come together in passion and persistence in community. It's a beautiful picture of not only unity, but the collective power of prayer to bring the needs of people literally to the feet of Jesus. It's, it's in Luke chapter 5. You can look on your screen. You can turn to your Bible app. It's verse 17. It says this, One day... Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there and they come from every village of Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem and the, and the, listen to this, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. The power of the Lord with Jesus healed the sick. He was doing miraculous things and it's kind of a neat comment because Luke who wrote this is a physician. If anybody understood healing of bodies, Luke would know it and Luke's going, no, I, we're, I, I got some testimonies and I heard some things what God has done and they have they have 
where prayer worked and people say, no, this is what Jesus did. It really truly happened. And then it's, Luke goes on, he says this, some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. They tried to get him in. As we're gonna read here, they had a difficult time to get their friend to Jesus. There was something about these men, there was some passion within them. They were compelled to get their disabled friend to Jesus. And they, they had to struggle and fight through this crowd. You see, this paralyzed man, he couldn't do it on his own. He couldn't get to Jesus himself. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that live in a victim mentality. They live in a, either they're physically disabled and they can't, they can't deal what they're dealing with. It's a, it's a real thing. They're, 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 they're struggling. Or there's people emotionally that live in a victim mentality. They're like, there's no way that I can ever see my life change. And there's a hopelessness that comes over people. And yet what's so amazing is people come along saying, you know, there is hope for you. There's an opportunity for you. And this group of men say, you know what, something, we've got a friend. We want to reach out and we want to do this certain kind of community, this community that says we want to intentionally reach out to those that are in need. If you're with us here and in your programs, there's a place you can take some notes, some fill-ins. In fact, we've got a QR code now that you can scan to get the notes electronically. You can go to, um, you can go to notes.ctk.church to pull these up. But here's some, some things to talk about. I want to talk about this opportunity, the win and oneness. Win and oneness. The first thing is this, when we look at this story, is when others are there to carry us. There's a win and oneness when there's others there to carry us. To help us along. I spent some time with my son the other day, and we had to kind of exchange some things. In fact, he wanted to meet up. He couldn't because of the weather and everything, celebrate my birthday. And so I met him halfway down in South Center. And so I took him out to lunch for my birthday, by the way. Um, and, but he's, he's 22 now. He's 6'3". He's a youth pastor. He's doing really well. He gave me a great gift. And I, it was a great time with him. But uh, when you look across the table, you don't see a 22-year-old man. You see, you see in the face of a little boy you remember. And uh, you, you, you look back, and I remember when he was little, and it was usually a long day. We were at the fair or somewhere in a carnival, and you know how kids are tired, and they're just trying to drag. And I remember he'd be so tired and dragging. And, and then he, he, but he was really little, he would he reach out to me, and he'd go, hold you, daddy, hold you. <laughs> and why he would say it that way is because we would see him tired, and we would reach down. He'd be like, buddy, you want me to hold you? Do you want me to hold you? But he would go back, hold you, hold you. And I'm thinking, like, that's kind of how we do in life with God. We just say, God, hold me. Hold me. Reach out. I'm reaching out. I'm so glad. I love what the, the Bible says in, in Isaiah when we do this. The Lord says this, this wonderful promise. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you. My righteous right hand. When we reach out to God, God reaches out to us and he loves us and carries us. But as much as that's awesome, that's not the only carrying that we get. There's actually other people around us that want to carry us as well when we can't carry ourselves. Let me ask this question. Who's there to carry you? Who's there to carry you in your life right now? Who is it that you could turn to right now when you are in need? You know, you might not relate Though you, some do, I do know people in our church here that relate with major difficulties, major disabilities. 
But many of us have minor disabilities, not, maybe not physically even, but emotional disabilities. How many know we all got some, some kind of hang up, some kind of habit, some, something we're trying to get over and work through. And many times we go, who's there to help me? Who's there to reach out to me? And we, we, we need to recognize there's people all around us that want to help, that want to reach out. But are we willing to put our arms out and say, I am in need? And it takes a, lot of, takes a lot of letting go of our pride. It takes a lot of letting go and allowing people to do that. I'm sure this man was very humbled. He's already humbled in his life and in a place of disability and, the, and, and say, hey, you know, buddy, do you want us to get you to Jesus? He, he probably had some willing, he needed some willingness to want to do that. But there's something powerful when a group of people come together effectively to carry a load. Like if you're wanting to carry something really, really heavy, you guess what? You better get people around the four corners to help you move whatever you need to move. It takes, it takes a whole group to, to make effort toward that. And that's why I love what Apostle Paul implores. It says this, he says, carry each other's burdens in this way that you will fulfill the law of Christ. Well, what is the law of Christ? The fulfillment of Christ's law is love. He says, love one another as I have loved you, that you might fulfill that, that law. That is the law. If you want to fulfill the will of God, it's through loving and caring people, literally, as this guy experienced, to the feet of Jesus. Listen, if you're, you're in a group of people right now that are not doing that work, if you're part of a group of people, and I, I would say a Christian group of people that claim to be Christians, and they spend more time complaining they spend more time being negative, whatever they're negative about politics, about government, about the world, or whatever it is, and you're not lifting each other up, you're not leaving that place, walking away going, I feel like I'm closer to Jesus and drawn closer. You need a different group. Get, separate yourself from the negativity toward the positivity, lifting each other's knees and carrying each other to fulfill the law of Christ. We, we are, our, our will of God is when we have this opportunity that we would come together, say, God, can we believe what you can do? And it doesn't mean that negate all the problems and issues that we all are going through, but it's actually saying, no, we're leaning in. We're going to get each one another to the feet of Jesus. See, going, going on with the win and oneness is this, realizing desperate times call for creative measures. Desperate times call for creative, creative measures. Look at verse 19. It says, when they couldn't find a way to do this, to get the guy to Jesus uh, of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I think that's just hilarious, isn't it? Every time I read that of this, you're picturing this and everybody's crowded in this house and they're all packed in there. I'm sure, I doubt their social distancing back then was going on. They were just all wanting to hang on every word of Jesus. There's no way they're getting in there. But they had to be inventive. They had to be creative. And I don't know where they whiteboarded the idea of cutting a hole in the roof, right? I'm sure maybe there's other ideas. I always kind of imagine, like, maybe that someone's like, well, what if we, like, how are we going to get them to Jesus? What if we, like, yell fire, and then everybody runs out, and then we can get to Jesus? Like, ah, oh, we don't cause a panic. What if we set some, you know, really set something on fire? And then, oh, you know, I don't know what their ideas were, but someone had an idea. You know what we're going to do? If we can't go through the door, let's go down. And of course, back then they had like thatch roofs. And so they, they decided to go ahead and just cut a little hole in the roof and some lever, you know, some kind of like lever system or something to w w put their friend down. They were desperate enough 
so they got creative enough to get their friend to Jesus. Why? Because there was an urgency that they had. There was an urgency, there was a passion that came with the persistence, saying we need to do all we can to do that. That's where prayer comes in, right? That's where prayer comes in, saying we're gonna pray and we're gonna be persistent and we're gonna believe, and yet sometimes we have to find creative ways. I tell you, there's, there's things that we need to do to get outside of our bubble. You know, in the last couple of years, we've had the safety for others, we've been living in a bubble, but we've, we've been living in a lot of bubbles, and the isolation has not done good for a lot of people. And hopefully, again, getting closer and closer to what we're calling an endemic. But we can't make that excuse. We've got to find creative ways to reach out to people, to help them get to Jesus. And the best way is a group. It's starting with a group and having conversations and and talking about what can we do? How creative can we can to reach the people that God is calling us to reach outside of our, our little circle that we have? Why? Because eternity is at stake. Leadership guru Warren Bennis, I like this. He says, all great groups believe they're on a mission from God. All great groups believe they're on a mission from God. That your Bible study that you have is not just a Bible study, that it's not just sitting around and eating bean dip and chips and saying, oh, wasn't this a great time? Nothing wrong with that. Christian fellowship is so important in supporting each other, encourage each other. But who's outside of our circle that, that God is calling us to reach out to? Who is out there that he's wanting us to connect to? We're on a mission from God that God's given us. Who might that be? Sometimes what happens is we hit plateaus. We hit ceilings. We hit moments. We hit barriers. And sometimes we look and going, oh, there's nothing we can do. We'll just go ahead and, you know, the, the world the way it is, and we're just going to, we can't really do anything. We'll just kind of stay in our little circle. And, and, and God's going, nope, I did not call you to do that. I called you to step out and be persistent and probably be creative. But there's an urgency to reach out in ways that are outside your bubble. And for this group of people, it was, well, let's cut a hole in the roof <laughs> to do that. What is it? What is the limitations that you have? What are the extreme measures? Now, when we give a warning, when you start brainstorming ideas, um, <laughs> ceiling tiles may fall. And not everybody, I'm sure the guy that owned the house was not happy when there was a big hole in his roof as they're lowering him to Jesus, right? Stepping out happens. What happens, though, is so awesome is to know this, is when we the win and oneness is this. It's the power of collective faith when we do it. It's a power of collective faith. Prayer is wonderful individually, but I tell you, when you get together with others and believe God, what he's going to do, it's, it's pretty amazing. In fact, it was so awesome that Jesus loved it. It says, when Jesus saw their faith in verse 20, he said, friends, your sins are forgiven. Now notice how subtle this is and not miss it. Did you catch what it says? Their faith. There is, it's there for a reason. Their faith. Can you picture Jesus is teaching away and all of a sudden there's a rumbling that's happening in the ceiling and everybody looks up and then there's daylight coming down. And then there's like this little branches and little twigs because, you know, thatch roof and it's coming down, ceiling tiles are coming down. And all of a sudden they look and there's like four heads looking in the circle and then all of a sudden they see this, this guy getting lowered down right at the feet of Jesus. Don't you think Jesus was smiling when he saw that? You know, I'm sure the guy, again, the guy who owned the house wasn't happy, but here, here Jesus is going, what did he say? He saw their faith. He saw their faith. 
That's not my faith. It's not just your faith. It's our faith together. The efforts that they made toward that. And in this collective faith is pretty amazing. I tell you, there's something, there's a power of collective faith. Where there's, and hopefully next year you hear about a healing of cancer. A marriage restored, new, a, a new breakthrough that can happen, collective faith that's coming together. I love what Paul expresses it this way, and this, I love this translation. It says this in Romans 1.12. Paul says it this way uh, of encouragement. He says, I mean, I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me, and my faith will help you. There's something powerful when you share your story with someone else. And they just going, wow, God, that's amazing. And your faith grows. It swells up within you. You're like, man, God, if you could do that in that life, you can do it in my life. And, and I love what happens, this power of oneness. And there's this moment that Jesus is, must have been smiling. He affirms them this moment, this prime opportunity. You know what Jesus does when he does this? He shows who he really is. See, the win and the oneness is to know this. It reveals the forgiving authority of Jesus. It reveals the, the, the forgiving authority of Jesus. Listen to what happens after the guy was lowered on the mat. He said these words, end of verse 20, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now listen to the reaction of the others. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to think to themselves. Okay, this is the boo crowd, by the way. You heard the booing already. This is the boo crowd. Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God? Look at the next part. Jesus knew what they were thinking. <laughs> Jesus had the, he's being God, had mental telepathy. He, he asked, what, why are you thinking of things in your heart? He didn't, didn't say it, but he knew what they were thinking. Most of them are going, how does this guy know this? Well, here it is. Why, do you th why is your thinking these things in your hearts? What is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say get up and, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Jesus took the opportunity not only to reveal that he is the healer, but that he's the forgiver. Because what do you need the most for your very soul? Healing's wonderful, but healing's temporary. What we truly need is forgiveness for our soul. He knew that. He knew that, and he, but he honored this small group that they not only brought their, their friend to healing, but for him to experience redemption in his life. Listen, we're all called to help people and help people find healing, but at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is get people to Jesus so they can experience the power of forgiveness and a second chance a redemption in life. Do you know those in your life that not only need healing, but need forgiveness? I want to challenge you that you are the closest people are going to get to Jesus. Whether it's at your workplace, whether it's your neighborhood, maybe in your own home. If you're a follower of Jesus, the closest they're going to get to Jesus is with you. You're representing that. It's a big responsibility. But we're called to be the people saying, Hey, not only does Jesus want to change your circumstances, not only Jesus wants to bring healing to your life and your relationships, your body and health, and all those are important. Those are great prayers to pray. But you know what? Jesus wants to even do a deeper work, and that's your very soul. There's people in our community that, that, that need that 
work in supernatural moment. Listen, what's happening, listen to what happened to the man happened. Again, transformation takes place. It says this, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God when they saw this miracle happen. And they were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. We have seen remarkable things today. I think our expectations get really, really low, don't they? When we come to church or we gather with a group and we think it's the same old thing, the same old thing, and we don't come with anticipation to believe that God can do the remarkable. That there's opportunities. And it's not that we force it. It's not to say, God, you got to show up today and everything. It's actually this saying, God, we humble ourselves and believe that, Lord, you can do greater things than we can ever anticipate. But we anticipate it and we believe for that. And Lord, do what you want to do. Coming with that heart. And that's what these guys did. They came with compassion. They came with anticipation. Why did they go through all those efforts? Because, because they believe that Jesus not only could heal, but he could forgive and change lives. I tell you, Christ the King, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm ready for some wins. I'm ready for some wins. And we celebrate some wins here today and we'll continue to see what God's doing. But we can look out and we can say, God, we are wanting and believing what you want to do and what you want to change in the lives of the people around us. But it's going to come back as saying, we do this in collective faith together through the power of prayer. To believe in anticipation. I want to invite you to an opportunity today. It's we each week try to offer a tangible spiritual practice. And these last few weeks have been offering different prayer practices. And one of those I want to give you is not only maybe for this week to commit to, but actually I'm going to challenge you to do it for a season and maybe for a year. And that is called the prayer covenant. And I believe we've got that up on the screen here, the prayer covenant. And what it is is, and I'm, we've got these cards in the back. And it's, the prayer covenant is actually something that has been known for a long time that was put together. Our leaders, our North Bay leaders, did this this last year. We rotated monthly, and we had prayer partners. And so the way this can work is that you would find another person in your life. They say, well, you, can we be partners in prayer? Just like these, these men that, that got their friend to Jesus that were, hey, can I, can I lift, can I help you get to Jesus in prayer? And if you could do the same for me, when I'm feeling kind of helpless and hopeless, that you would be lifting me up in prayer and I'll be lifting you up in prayer daily. And there's these seven commitments to prayer. It's praying this, dear Father, thank you for your grace that has made me one of your dear children. By your grace, make being with you, loving you, and obeying you my highest priority. Empower me to love others as you love me. So you pray this prayer. But then what you do is you pray it over yourself, and then you pray over your prayer partner. Dear Father, thank you for your grace that has made Larry one of your dearly loved children. By your grace, make being, Larry, make being with you, loving you, and obeying you his highest priority today. You're actually turning the prayer on to someone else that you're praying for. So I encourage you, on the, on the way out today, there is a card in the back to take with you, and then find someone that you can do a prayer partner. And if you, if you want to do that with your, your spouse, that's great. Find a friend. Find a child. In fact, Josh is leaving with our kids team prayer cards for kids, prayer covenants the kids are going to get today that you can do with your kids if, if you're a parent here to participate that way. It's a great tool to do this. I'm going to invite I'm going to invite Chris and Matt. Man, it's great to have you helping us in worship today. It's so cool to have you up there been with us so long. I want to sh- close with really what modeled in our, in our season already of what these 
band of brothers did that one day and they, they lured their friend to Jesus. There's a cool thing that's happened here this last fall. There's a group of men, they, they call them MAG. I think it's Men's Accountable Group. And they come together and they've been meeting pretty consistently on a Wednesday night. And they come together and they, they pray together and they hold each other accountable in their faith to each other. And it's been going on for a while and it's just really neat how two or three have gathered and now it's a larger group of men. It's so cool. And I've been there a few times and I love what's happening. What's interesting, I think it was like early summer, um, I was with somewhere, it was Josh and, and Chris and I were together and, and we're sitting in a coffee shop in Ferndale and, and we're just having our kind of weekly planning meeting and talking through things. And this guy named John comes up and I never met John before. He introduces himself. He kind of, he kind of interrupted our group, by the way. I mean, it was just like, hey, I, I got to talk to you. I'm like, oh, we're kind of meeting here, you know. And I knew when he said that I need to mention this to you. I, I did sense, okay, God, you have something for us here. What is it? And so John says, uh, you need to reach out to a guy named Brad Smith. And I said, I don't, I don't think I know who that is. Well, he, him and his wife had attended your church off and on for a while, and, and uh, he's a chiropractor. And I was like, oh, okay, I've heard that. There's someone out there. I, 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 I mentioned them. I don't think I knew them. And so you need to talk to Brad. This guy was emphatic. I'm like, okay, all right. And, and so I looked up and tracked down Brad's number and, and I got together and John had informed me that, that, John, uh, that, that Brad was going through cancer treatment, a pancreatic cancer treatment, pretty serious form of cancer. And so I didn't know the condition. I don't know how Brad was doing. And so I got together with him and, he, and Brad was just sharing a really amazing story of what God is doing and bringing healing. And he's, he's doing really, really well. Like he's not out of the woods at all, but it just, it's an amazing journey. And then, and then Brad says to me, he goes, um, well, I'd like to get involved in some kind of men's community. What do you have? I said, actually, there's a group of guys getting together. And I remember one day back here, Brad was standing in the back and Dave Millard was back there. I knew both of them liked golf and they started, you know, chatting about golf. And pretty soon I heard that Brad was going to this men's group and they're getting together and in and, and connection. And then, then I get another call from this, actually email from this lady that was one of Brad's uh, patients. And she says, her name's Linda and she was making a, a prayer blanket for Brad. And she's wanting different scriptures to be on it. And then the guys could trace their hands. And at first I was reading, I'm like, that sounds kind of weird. I'm not sure about this. And then, it, but it was to be a surprise for Brad. And the more we thought about it, I connected Jeff, one of the guys in the group, say, hey, this is something we can do. And so Brad got this blanket. And pretty soon it wasn't that weird any longer. This is a pretty cool thing. And one uh, evening we gathered and you can see the scripture that she put on there. And then on the flip side, we're encouraged to draw our hand and write, you know, our names in a scripture. And we did that. And then what we did is we wrapped this blanket around Brad and we anointed him with oil. And we, we as a collectively, brought our friend to Jesus. Brought him, brought him to the throne of God and say, Lord, we're believing for healing. And I tell you, God is doing a work. Not only in bringing healing for Brad as he's going through his cancer treatment, but the healing of his soul. Brad knew the Lord before, but this is what he told me the other day when I was chatting with him about, hey, can I tell your story? He says, I'm not, I'm not of course, I'm not thankful that, that I have cancer, but I'm grateful that the cancer uh, got my attention and connected me to community so I can get closer to Jesus. That is the power of collective faith. We are not to do this alone. We need to bring one another 
to the feet of Jesus. And we need to do whatever we can. If, if we need to take extreme measures, we need to have raising roof moments. We need to, we need to find ways and in intentional ways say, Lord, we're going to, is there urgency, is there passion? Lord, will there be in me? Will you give me that desire? Lord, help me. Maybe today, you and I, I think I need to do this too, is just repent of my apathy. Lord, I, I know there's so much that's happening and this seems like there's hopelessness all around. Lord, can we really believe once again that you have not only the power to heal, but that you have the power to transform lives. You might be here today and you have people that you know that really need to be reached out to. But can I be truthful too for you as well? You might be here today feeling like the paralyzed man. You might be going, I, I don't, I just need help. That is okay. Just don't sit in your victimhood. Reach out. Say, Jesus, I need you. Hold you, Lord. Hold you, Lord. God, I need you today. I'm going to reach out to you. And I tell you, when we reach out to God, God reaches out to us. But we're not in this alone. There's a collective group of people all around you. If you are all alone, let us know because we want to help you find community and collectively say God is at work and we believe that prayer does work and it works best when we collectively come together. I want to invite you to do that even right now. I invite you, if you could stand as we do, I want to I pray for us. And I don't know, maybe this is for you a sign and opportunity for you to just put your hands up. In fact, today, if you just say, I just, I'm in need of you, Lord, you can just put your hands up. And just like my little boy, <laughs> now is, is a grown man, but a little boy that needs to reach out to a father, that you would do the same. That you would reach out to your loving father. It says, hold me, Lord. Hold me, Lord, today. I reach out and I need you today. Jesus, bring healing to my life. But more than that, Lord, forgive me. Transform my heart into who you are. That, Lord Jesus, you're not only the healer, but you have the authority to change my life. And I want you to, as you reach out in prayer for yourself, I want you to picture your hands reaching out also to the people around you not just vertically reaching out, but horizontally reaching out with open hands and open arms saying, we want to carry you, we want to help you. Who is it the Lord's laying on your heart to reach out to today, this week? A text message, a phone call, a kind word, a grocery drop-off, an invitation to a group to be a part of. Just, just reaching out and praying for them, the first step, the greatest step. Who might that be? So Lord, we, we reach out to you first to ourselves. We say, Jesus, hold us. Hold us. Take, take our burden. Take our need. Take, take our pain. Take our sickness. Take our hopelessness. Take, take our problem. Whatever it might be, Lord, we, we reach out to you. And Lord, not only will you heal us, Lord, but we also give you our sin, where we've gone wrong, our bad attitude, whatever it might be, Lord, we, we give it over to you and say, Jesus, take it. Take this burden. And Jesus, you said you're so good that we don't have to carry our burdens alone. That when 
you're, our, 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 when we're weary and we're tired, you give us rest for our souls. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And so we receive you today, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your healing and for your forgiveness. But Lord, we also reach out in prayer right now, believing for a brother or sister that we collectively are gonna need help as a group to bring to you, Jesus, the, at your feet, Lord. And God, we've seen the work and power of collective faith. We've seen it in this mad group. We've seen it in the life of Brad. We've seen it in the life of the ones we're gonna hear about this next week. But Lord, you are at work. And so God, whoever you put on our heart, Lord, may we pray that through, Lord. Our, our commitment to prayer and prayer partnership, Lord. God, guide us, direct us. Lord, we do not have to do this alone. And others do not have to live their faith alone. It's a collective work that you're doing, Lord Jesus, to believe that, yes, prayer does work and that you heal and that you forgive and that you transform. Do it in us and do it through us, we pray, this week together in Jesus' name.